Hello, I'm Georges Collinet with another Afropop close-up, available when you subscribe to the Afropop Worldwide podcast and in the podcast section at afropop.org. Today, the impact of peace-building arts festivals in Goma, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. This episode, Salam, Amani, Peace, hosted by producer Morgan Greenstreet. In Goma, the capital city of North Kivu province, in the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo, people have been through a lot in the last 20 years. From a volcanic eruption in 2002, to ongoing wars for land and minerals that have claimed the lives of 5.5 million people since 1994. As recently as 2012, the town was occupied by rebel soldiers, followed by UN and government forces. But these days, everybody's talking about peace. So much so that it's become a bit of a slogan in Goma. A series of music and arts festivals have sprung up in recent years, all with this rhetoric of building peace. There's this new trend that makes it really popular for festivals to somehow become peace-building bodies. And I see a lot of potential for that, and I also see a lot of potential for that to become an entirely superficial and meaningless activity. That's Sherry Ndaliko. She's a professor at UNC Chapel Hill and co-director of the Yole Africa Cultural Center in Goma. With Sherry's help, we're going to hear about three festivals in Goma that share this rhetoric of peace. And we're going to hear how local musicians relate to these festivals. Today's podcast, Salam Amani Peace. <laughs> There's Peace One Day, which is an organization that looks at peace in a very quantifiable way and looks at measurable outcomes that can be obtained in a specific moment in time. In this case, one day. Peace One Day is an international NGO founded by British actor-filmmaker Jeremy Gilley with the goal of establishing September 21st as an international day of peace and ceasefire. Gilly promotes this idea by making films about his process, traveling the world, attempting to convince everyone from UN ambassadors to celebrities to schoolchildren of the importance of a day of peace. From his first film. In July 1998, I had the idea. What if there was one day, just 24 hours, when the world stopped killing? I was going to try to create a day of peace and make a documentary about that journey. If I failed, it would make an interesting film about a world unwilling to change. If I succeeded, well, that was almost inconceivable. But it turns out people in global positions of power quite like the idea of a day of peace. They have mega, mega, mega funders and they work, you know, with high level UN agencies and they work with governments and all of those kinds of things. And from there, their programs ideally trickle down into local communities. In September 2014, Peace One Day descended on Goma with a $10 million donation from the Howard Buffett Foundation to work in the region for three years and the support of the Congolese government and the UN mission to the Congo, MONUSCO. With the Senegalese-American singer Akon headlining and the actor Jude Law in tow, 
they staged a massive concert on the airport runway. 50,000 people attended, but many local artists in Goma were critical of the project. Rapper Menizo G. Akon came, he stayed in a luxury hotel, he sang for us, and then the next day he left, back to the US. But what did he sing for us? What did he sing for the child soldiers in the forest? What did he teach us? Nothing. Sorry for the times that I left you home. I was on the road and you were alone. I'm sorry for the times that I had to go. I'm sorry for the fact that I did not know First of all, a concert will never bring about peace. A concert is just raising awareness, and then it's over. To recover peace is a long process. That's Mac El Sambo, president of the North Kivu branch of the Congolese Musicians Union. About Peace One Day, it was good that they brought us Akon, an international star, and local artists got to play on the same stage as him. It helps us feel uninhibited because we can see where hard work can lead. But Akon only sings in English, while the population here only understands Swahili and French. So their communication was poorly done. And I've always said, we don't need peace one day, we need peace every day. A local rapper, DJ Couleur, agreed. First of all, I understand peace one day to mean peace someday, not one day of peace. We need peace every day, a sustainable peace. One group of local artists even staged a sit-in to protest the concert and they were arrested. Another group of artists had a less confrontational response. They celebrated peace on the day before the concert instead. Dancers and filmmakers associated with Yole Africa Cultural Center organized a dance mob and took to the streets of Goma. The resulting video, put to a song by rapper Benji, is called Peace Every Day. It's good for his publicity. It is good for people want to feel good, but the conflict will continue. People will keep on dying. That's local filmmaker and activist Petna Endeliko, founder of the Yole Africa Cultural Center. If it would be better to invest all that money in finding solution from the source, from where the problem it is starting from. If that money can be given in a campaign against all these uh, uh, multinational companies who want uh, minerals from east of Congo, I think that would be much more helpful. Every July for the past 10 years, Yole Africa has hosted the Salam Kivu International Film Festival, SKIF for short. 10 days of film screenings, concerts by local, regional and international artists, and a highly popular dance contest. I love Skiff because it's a festival organized by a local. He dreams of peace through cinema, through dance, through music. Mac El Sambo added, Compared to the other festivals, what's good about Skiff 
is that it enables local artists. It gives them training that allows them to evolve in what they are doing. According to Petna, the primary goal of SCIF is education and collaboration. With that, activities like SCIF, it is a moment where we bring mostly activists from all over the world to come in and exchange. We don't bring an artist who comes and be there, be a superstar. No, we bring artists, they stay with the youth of Goma, they work together, they create a piece together, or the artists teach them, they become friends. You know, whenever an artist comes in, he comes to learn about the local culture and also he brings or she brings her or his own experience to the table as well. Yole Africa operates a community music studio and trains local artists in beat making and music production all year long. And when international musicians visit for SCIF, they give workshops. For example, in 2012, producer Apple Juice Kid and MC Pierce Freelon traveled to Goma from the US, representing Beatmaking Lab. That's a global hip-hop education project founded at UNC Chapel Hill by Professor Mark Katz and Apple Juice Kid. The visitors taught advanced beatmaking and collaborated with local MCs and producers. The results sound like this. Goma, when my people need a money, this is what you get when you stand up. The time is now, send me Wakati. They see me and ask, Kuna Tokawapi, where you from? Carolina, but I'm really an African son. How does the African son? Freedom's about to be won. If you get you clapping your hands, nobody's clapping a gun. Uh, poor, poor, Zuri Sana, and Duguzango, can you feel me? Sawa, sawa. We're hearing Cho Cho Cho, featuring Goma artists Queen Minaj, Falji, Melissa, Loria, DJ Couleur, and MC Moussa. 
with Pierce Freelon from North Carolina. And the beat is by Apple Juice Kid and Freelon. Visit afropop.org to watch videos about the collaboration and download the tracks. In 2015, Pierce Freelon returned to Goma and Skiff. So I uh, came here to work on a community music studio in 2012. And uh, this is my second time back. And i um, here with two other artists from the U.S. A uh, producer named Samus and a producer named Joshua Vincent. And uh, we've been doing beat making, film scoring, emceeing, and DJing workshops concurrently. And uh, it's been cool. During one of their workshops on politics and hip hop in the U.S., the discussion turned to the meaning of black power. Joshua Vincent. It was kind of an exchange, really. That's more accurate. We came in from the United States with an idea of what we knew black power to be. They were coming in with an idea. We merged together. We did a song together called and how it all kind of came together. So it was a mutual exchange kind of situation. Who taught you to love yourself? Who taught you to love the shape of your nose? Who taught you to love the size of your lips? Who taught you to love the color of your skin? Black astronauts. Do you know where your home at? That your name ain't what they gave us. Your slang is like an elegant language. Black girl on the moon, so fly like a comet. Had to comment, wanna dive in your black hole with a black hole, make a black diamond. Master, honor, la force du noir est super. Gangster, bon cœur, c'est le reflet de ma douleur. Mister, ébène, beautiful et ma couleur. Dans la paire, et la paire réside tout mon power. So today, run am, I'm gonna sing for black power. Patrice Lumumba, Thomas Sankara, Jomo Kenyatten, Kwame Koma. Black man, red blood, who told you to love a color? Who told you to love, no, tell me, who told you to love a brother? Blood on Lumumba in every sound, no hyperbole, brother. My daddy would tell about central intelligence. Killing our relatives like we Max Payne. They quell our rebellions and send us to heaven just like a match made. Spitting facts made. Might have the scars on our backs, but never our last name. Who taught you to love yourself? Who taught you to love the shape of your nose? Who taught you to love the size of your lips? Who taught you to love the color of your skin? Pierce Freelon. I think that cultural exchange is like a revolutionary act of love in, in a space like this true cultural exchange where you know we're out here learning Swahili like we're eating the food we're building with artists co-creating music and films together teaching workshops that exchange can only be described as like revolutionary love I think when you when you nurture that kind of love it just creates all kinds of beautiful things that's exactly what Petna Indeliko has in mind. What we are creating here, we are creating an international solidarity, first of all, around Goma, and offer the possibility to the youth to have a global perspective in whatever is happening there. And also learn how to question the everyday reality. So, now we've heard about two festivals that promote peace with very different strategies and very different results in the local community. Sheri Endeliko suggests we try to understand the goals of these peace-building festivals by the way that they define peace. 
I think of vertical versus horizontal versus diagonal approaches to this topic. Peace Monday is very much a vertical institution that's looking at large-scale, quantifiable activities that they are able to tie to a vision of peace. And that definition of peace has very much to do with cessation of armed conflict for a designated amount of time. I think of SCIF as a fundamentally horizontal structure, right? It is a festival that approaches the question of peace on an individual person-by-person level. It's about giving skills. It's about exchange and education. And then there are organizations that I refer to as diagonal that are really interested in the benefits of the horizontal model and are still aligned with the power structures that are definitive of the uh, vertical model and are trying to navigate both of those simultaneously. Like Amani. I view Amani as a festival that is a good example of that. If Peace One Day is vertical and Skiff horizontal, the last festival we consider, Amani, is perhaps an example of a diagonal model. Amani means peace in Swahili, and the festival's motto is playing for change, singing for peace. Founded by Belgian banker and entrepreneur Eric de la Motte, and directed by a Congolese administrator, Guillaume Bissimwa, the three-day Amani Festival will hold its third edition in February 2016. I spoke with Eric de Lamotte at his home in Brussels. The idea, the goal of the festival is not culture, music or dance. Culture at the Amani Festival is just a means of promoting peace, reconciliation and change. Culture is the means to bring people from different ethnicities and nationalities together in the same place and to prove, by song and dance, that it is possible to live together. We're hearing the anthem of the Amani Festival, Mutuache na Amani, We Want Peace, by a group called the Goma All-Stars, Members Unspecified. The festival is an initiative of the Foyer Culturel de Goma, a cultural center funded by En Avant les Enfants, a Belgian NGO founded by Delamotte in 1994 to support various social and cultural initiatives in Goma. Now it's really something that comes from Goma, that is run by locals of Goma. Or at least that's what Delamotte told me. Always an entrepreneur, Eric Delamotte also owns an ecotourism company called Kivu Travel and a micro-lending bank, Smiko, based in Goma. He also works on fundraising for Amani. The festival is not for profit, only charging a dollar a day. The festival's sponsors include the U.S. Embassy, Congo's Primus Brewery, and various international banks. The festival also hosts a humanitarian village, 
This is an extraordinary opportunity to give all these international NGOs and local associations a place to spread their messages to tens of thousands of people. The festival books regional artists from Rwanda and Burundi, and local artists are selected through a year-long competition at the Foyer Culturel. Then there are the international headliners, selected by the directors. Congolese singer-songwriter Lokua Kanza in 2014, Malian Abib Koite, and Senegalese reggae singer Tikin Jaffa Kole in 2015. And we had a big name from Kinshasa, so that each day we had a headliner who could attract people, because our objective was to attract the largest number of people possible. During the three days, we welcomed 30,000 attendees to each edition. If we only had local artists, that would be impossible. Makel Sambo, veteran of the Goma music scene and president of the Musicians Union, feels that the Amani Festival neglects local artists because they only play opening sets and they are not paid. They brought Lokwakanza here. He is well paid with accommodations, but the locals are given nothing. That creates conflict. It makes me mad. I asked Eric de Lamont about this. In the case of the regional and international artists, it's hard to ask them not to be paid. It's their job. But in the case of the locals, no, I think these are youth who need to put themselves out there. So we pay them in kind. We try to help them out in their career help them record songs and make videos. That's how we do it. Because, obviously, we hope that the festival will promote the culture of Goma. At least they bring us artists who speak French, like Tiken Jaffa Koli. That's Mac El Sambo. That's good. So there was communication, and he's a socially engaged artist. Eric Delamont. The big names are also selected for their message. Because the message of the Amani festival is clear. First of all, to live together. That's her basic value. So we absolutely want the artists to share the same message as us. After I turned off my recorder, Eric de Lamont told me that he had asked Tiken Jaffa Kole not to play certain songs that criticized authorities and called for revolution in Africa. We cannot have that at the Amani festival, he told me. We are spreading a message of peace and positive change, not politics, not revolution. We want a revolution. Young people revolution. Intelligent revolution. Must be African education. We want a revolution. Young people revolution. Must be black people education. I 
asked Eric de Lamotte if he thought that the Amani festival could actually bring about peace in the region. No. No, it is an illusion to think that a festival can bring peace. I do not think peace will come except by enormous means implemented from multiple sides. Regionally and internationally, decision makers would have to agree to stop pillaging the region. Because today, the problem is more economic. It's a hopeless situation because everyone has interests there. The festival tries to bring people together so they can say to themselves, we should be in the dynamic of change. We should be the motor of change. We should carry this new message. In that way, the festival plays a role. According to Sherry and Aliko, it's not quite that simple. If we further this misread of the conflict as an ethnic one, then bringing a bunch of people into the same space and having them engage in a common activity is arguably a move towards inter-ethnic peace. If we look at the conflict as economically driven and geopolitically backed and prolonged, people listening to a concert for three hours and drinking a beer together doesn't make any difference. There has been prolonged violence in Congo for more than a hundred years. I'm highly skeptical that a one-day festival or a three-day festival is going to do a lot to change that. I mean, we're talking about transgenerational experience, and it takes more than bringing a foreign superstar to even make a dent in that. And bringing a foreign superstar can appear to be a perpetuation of certain values that were closely connected to the colonialism in the first place. So, as a scholar, who is also co-director of Yole Africa, does Cherie see Skiff as a more successful model of a peace-building festival? That depends on one's definition of peace. Yole Africa's definition of peace, or understanding of peace, is that peace is a way of life. And measuring the things that enhance one's ability to live a peaceful life is a very, very difficult thing to do. It has to do with things like self-esteem and self-perception and you know, basic skills and capacities. My own personal subjective opinion, based on a lot of scholarly research and observation and evidence, <laughs> is that there is something really important that takes place in these interpersonal exchanges, that there's something really important that happens when individuals from a community are the center of the discussion of remedying the social ills of a community, that that is transformative and that, that leads to a kind of peace in which everybody feels personally invested. So how does an arts festival like Skiff work to promote this kind of peace? It works because people sit in the space and they talk about ideas and they learn each other's names and they learn about each other's families and they brainstorm and they argue and they disagree and they come up with creative collaborative solutions and at the end of the day they produce a song or they develop a choreography that says something that they want to say to the world and they feel a sense of camaraderie and they feel a sense of having been seen and heard and seeing and hearing others. To me, that's where art is powerful. To me, it is less powerful to articulate this rhetoric of peace, 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 peace if it doesn't manifest in sustained actions on a level that is transformative. Thanks to Sherry Indalico for her guidance and insights, and Rafia for adding her lovely voice as our translator, and Stephanie LeBeau for engineering this podcast.
This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities. But to keep this series going, we need your support. If you like reports like this and you want to hear more, visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Morgan Greenstreet. Oh,